Hello, hello, and welcome to Let's Talk About Time, the weekly-ish podcast helping you get things done and seriously shake up your relationship with time. I'm your host, Kat, and I share weekly bite-sized episodes for solo business owners who want to get hours back in their days, achieve more in less time, procrastinate less, and have more fun. Want to learn more about creating time freedom in your business? Download my three simple time freedom systems for solo business owners at cathunterva.com forward slash simple systems. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Let's Talk About Time. Today is actually a special day for me. It's the eve of my one year business birthday. So it's actually my daughter's birthday tomorrow. I didn't realize that I also launched my business a year ago on her birthday. So tomorrow is one year since I launched Cat Hunter VA, which is Cat Hunter Virtual Assistant. And it's been a big year. It's completely taken me by surprise. <laughs> One year in business was not what I expected, both in a good way and a bad way. <laughs> and you really do learn a lot when you start your own business. You learn so fast as well. You kind of have to learn really fast. And it puts you in this unique position where you've really got to take on a whole heap of roles that you would never have taken on before in your life. So you have to be your own accountant, your own marketing manager, your own salesperson, your own operations guru. So it's a really, really challenging, fun, completely unexpected thing to do. So today I wanted to use this episode to talk a little bit about five things that I have learned after my first year in business. And these are things that if you're early on in your business, whether you're one year in or two or three years in, or even if you're five years in and still working in a part-time or full-time role, even these are five things that really stood out to me as hopefully five things that are going to help you along your journey. Because often when we jump on Instagram or whatever social media platform we're on these days or whether we're reading blogs online, it can really look like everybody else is completely nailing it and raking in the big dollars and, you know, lying on a beach with a cocktail every day. And it's just not like that. (laughs) It's really not. And I saw this post the other day. It was actually by Bossy Copy. Elise at Bossy, who I love. She also has a podcast. And if you haven't checked her out yet, definitely check her out. And she shared a post that was something like, is it just me or is everyone these days a multi 18 figure CEO with a dream house (laughs) and with a business where requiring them to do absolutely nothing all day. And I really loved that post because I, I totally get that on Instagram, And on our socials or our blog or our website, whatever it is, we are wanting to show the best version of ourselves and the best version of whatever it is that we're trying to market, whether that's our service or our product or our, you know, the the life that we live. If we're teaching other people about starting their own business, we want to show them that what is possible But the thing is, you can, as I have said before, you can work 
by the pool or you can work in Bali or you can work in Europe or wherever you want to work. You can work outside in your backyard while you're meditating, but it's not all jumping in the pool and swimming at the beach and drinking cocktails and traveling the world. It's just not a lot of it. Most of running a business, running your own business, especially in the early years is hard work. And it doesn't matter whether that hard work is next to a pool or in Bali or on your kitchen bench, you still got to do the hard work before you can kind of get to the stage where you are taking Fridays off and relaxing by the pool and jumping on a plane whenever you like. And the thing is, you can structure a business that does look like that, depending on what you prioritize, if that's what you do want to do. But you still need to build up those systems and maybe a small team to support you to kind of get you there so that your business is ticking along nicely and it's requiring a minimal time commitment from you if that is what you want. But you still do have to put in the work to kind of get it to that level. And most of the time... (laughs) That is likely not going to happen in your first year unless you have a really solid bank of funds to invest in people to help you to do that or unless you have previously started a business and you've started a new one and you've got loads of experience under your belt from doing that. So when I'm saying this, it's not it's not to sound discouraging or to say that you can't have that if that is what you want. But I think often when we're in our first year of business, we can tend to look around at everybody else and start comparing ourselves and wonder why we are not where these other people are. And I just want to say, please don't compare your one year to somebody else's seventh, eighth, ninth, or 10th year. You know, I follow quite a few successful business people and most of them have been doing what they do for 10 plus years or even eight plus years or whatever it is. But most of them have been doing the do in their business for a really long time to get where they are. And I just wanted to kind of put that out there as a bit of reassurance and a bit of motivation for you. If you are often kind of looking around on Instagram or whatever social platform you're on and feeling a little defeated, please don't because you're doing amazingly and you're right where you need to be. So after that little motivational speech, I wanted to talk about the five things, the five truth bombs, I guess, that I've really taken away from my first year in business, because I hope these will help you if you are early on in your business, say you're like at one or two years and you're kind of going through these things and you're looking around thinking, is anybody else actually experiencing this or you know, what is normal for one year in business? Well, I am here to share my experience with you. So the first truth that I wanted to share with you is things don't necessarily take time, but they do take experience, learning and trial and error. So there's not, when it comes to time, really, I've really come to learn that 
things don't necessarily take as much time as you think they do. So in your day to day, often we're mapping out our time and we say, okay, I'm going to allocate two hours for this and an hour for this. And I'm going to spend two hours on that because I said I'd do two hours on it. And often when we do that, what happens is it's called, I think it's called Parkinson's law. That could be completely incorrect, but I'm going to go with Parkinson's law. It's basically states that you're, oh my goodness. Okay. There's a bush turkey that is <laughs> just to interrupt this broadcast. There's a bush turkey that has invaded my deck outside and he's climbed up on my outdoor couch and he's literally just staring at me through the window. Like it's a little bit disconcerting. Anyway, I'm going to try and keep going. Maybe he's in his first year of business and he just wants to find out what the first year is really like. All right. Look, I'm going to try and speak to the bush turkey directly. So Parkinson's law, it's where you kind of schedule or set aside an amount of time for a task that you think is going to take about that long. And then whether or not the task would take you that long, it ends up taking that long anyway. So for example, you might actually be able to get your newsletter written in half an hour, but if you scheduled an hour or even two hours to do it, the likelihood is that that task will then fill up those two hours, whether it would have taken you that long or not, because your brain looks at it and it basically makes decisions and prioritizes based on how much time it thinks it's got to complete the task. I also think that this can apply to your, when you're thinking about years in business and how much time it's going to take you to get somewhere, you might say, oh gosh, okay, it's, I'm not going to be here until I've been in business for five years. But why is that? Like when you think about that, it's not actually the years that get you where you want to go. There are some people that have been in business for one year that uh, further towards where they want to go than someone else who may have been in business for five years. And why is that? That's all down to experience, learning and trial and error. So when we're thinking about time and how we're using our time, if we're really honing in on giving ourselves the key experiences that we need and giving ourselves the key opportunities to learn and making fast decisions, even if they're not the right decisions and trying things and making mistakes and moving forward, that is what is really valuable. That is what is way more valuable than just saying, okay, well, I've been in business for five years, but intentionally going for the things that make you feel uncomfortable and making those learning how to trust your intuition and making those fast decisions that will really help you move forward in leaps and bounds. That is what is going to get you closer to where you want to go versus just waiting for time to pass. The second thing which I've already touched on a little bit in this episode is that it is hard work. So building a business is not just immediately passive until you make it that way or until you build it that way. So when you first start as a service provider, and I see this a lot with, I don't want to throw shade on anybody, but there are a lot of, in the industry, I'm in virtual assistants and virtual assistant coaches that kind of market this amazing imagery of VAs who are traveling the world and diving in pools in the ocean all day and doing a couple of hours of work in the morning and then just living their dream life for the rest of the day. And while that may be possible for some people, 
it doesn't mean that it's just a click of a finger and that is your job or that is what you do. That is how your business works. You really need to put in the work to kind of set your business up that way so that if you do want a passive, mostly passive business where you do work a few hours a day, that is possible, but you still have to implement the tools and the systems to get you there. And that takes a lot of work. So when you are looking at other businesses who (laughs) perhaps appear to have really passive income and appear to be jumping in the pool all day, (laughs) please don't feel disheartened because it's just because you are not working for a company. It doesn't mean that you don't have to work. Yes, you can choose not to work, but in the early days, if you are kind of choosing not to work and choosing to allocate only a couple of hours a day to your business. Yes, that is still really, really valuable. And that is absolutely something you can do, but please don't then put pressure on yourself to be earning this eight figure multi-million dollar income (laughs) because it's just, it's likely not going to happen like that. And that's okay if that's not what you want, but I am here to halt this comparisonitis that a lot of us struggle with in our first few years of business and just kind of illustrate that behind the scenes after my first year in business, yes, it is. It has been a lot of hard work. Often my husband has said to me, wow, I feel like you are busier with your work now than I've ever seen you at your previous role, which was a corporate role where I technically was employed more hours than I am now. And while it's a different style of work and it's a style of work that is flexible and that lets me kind of mold it and shape it around my family, which is exactly what I want to do, it is still work and you do still have to shape systems for yourself to help you sustain that and to still prioritize the things that you want to prioritize. The third point that I wanted to cover today, when the right time to look to others is, because we have never had so much insight (laughs) into other people's lives and other people's businesses and other people's advice and expertise and teachings. And while that's an amazing thing and it's really exciting, but I think when we've kind of been in business for around six months or those first three to six months or the first year, even we can really tend to start get caught up in looking at what other people are doing, looking to others for advice on what we should do, looking to others on the right next step. And you can end up just making your brain feel like it's going to explode (laughs) and you can spend a lot of time looking at what everybody else is doing. And when you do that, you're completely confusing what you started out to do in the first place. So I try to, when I notice myself really turning to Instagram or Google or whatever it is that I'm looking at, I try to ask myself, am I looking to others for the things that I, is this something I need to upskill on? Is this something I genuinely need to learn about? So for example, if it is social media strategy, I did a lot of upskilling on social media when I started out in my business. Even though I have a background in marketing, my background in marketing is probably about 10 years old now. So when I was actually working in marketing roles, social media wasn't a thing. So while I have 
a great idea of the foundations of marketing and the concepts behind it, I it took me a lot to learn about how social media, how to best utilize social media for marketing. So that's an example of where I did look to others to upskill myself and to really make sure that I was learning as much as I could. But when it comes to you and your business, your brand, your values, and what you want out of your business stick with you. Try not to look to other people to help you with where you want to go or what your values are or what you really want your business to be about. Because when you start to do that, you can find that everything just gets really muddy. You start to lose sight of why you started in the first place and you start to get caught up on what everybody else is doing and trying to fit yourself into somebody else's vision and somebody else's business really. And this can really cloud your judgment on the right next step. It can take a lot of time and it's really just not helpful (laughs) there. And everybody does it. It happens to all of us. So I got really caught up a few months ago, maybe six months ago in, you know, I need to be growing this business faster and I need to be scaling to do this and I need to be doing this other program and I need to be, you know, aiming for this much income and I've got to write it down and I've got to do this so that I really achieve it. And it's a hard goal. And all I ended up doing was putting whole bucket loads of pressure on myself and completely veering off track from the reason I'd actually started my business. I remember at that point, it was about six months ago, my husband was like, you seem so stressed and I never saw you this stressed. Even when you're in your corporate role, what is going on? And I didn't really think it was going to be like this. And yes, there are stressful periods when you start your own business. It's not all sunshine and rainbows, but that stress was coming from the fact that I was not in harmony with why I'd started in the first place. So I was spending less time with my girls. I was starting to see my girls and my family as distraction. And I was getting stressed and jittery every time I would be pulled away from kind of working on my business. And I would watch the clock and be like, oh my goodness, it's already 4.30. I've got to go pick them up. And then I'd be trying to do little bits and pieces in between playing with them. And it just didn't really serve anybody. And it made me, frankly, miserable. (laughs) And then I realized that I was really getting caught up in everybody else's vision of what this perfect business looked like when really I had a great business. I was living my dream of working flexibly, working much shorter hours than I did in my corporate role and getting to do the things that I really wanted to do and learn and grow as much as I wanted to. And I had an amazing opportunity to spend more time with my girls, which is genuinely why I started my business. So if you do find yourself looking to others a lot, just kind of take a step back and check in with yourself and ask yourself, am I looking to others because there's a skills gap that I need to fill? So I want to learn about SEO or I want to learn about, you know, how to make my website better or whatever it is. Or am I looking to others to kind of give me a map or an idea of how my business should be or what I should be doing? So the next point I wanted to cover is you 
will get to a point wanting to grow a little bit, or you've got a really full client load, but your business is growing and you also need to kind of keep marketing or you need to create content, or you need to make sure that you have a really smooth onboarding process or a smooth invoicing system or whatever it is, you will need to put either systems or people in place to support you. Long-term, if you try to wear all of the hats completely all on your own in your business, it's a fast track to burnout. (laughs) And while it doesn't necessarily mean hiring or outsourcing, if you are not at the stage where you feel comfortable financially to do that, that's okay. There are lots of things that you can implement in your business to give yourself more time and space and to create more freedom for you to either grow the business or for you to completely just do whatever you like with that time. So you need one or the other systems or people to support you eventually at some point, because if you do try to assume all these roles that most of us have never had before, like an accountant or a marketing expert or a salesperson or an operations person or a graphic designer, <laughs> you will eventually just fall in a heap and burn out. If you do want to grow your business, you need something to support you and don't feel Like there is an award at the end for doing it all by yourself because there's not, there's no award. Juggling everything is just really not going to create space in your brain for you to be at your best and most creative self. So invest in putting those systems in place to support you, even invest in hiring or outsourcing a little if you can. And you can notice a big change in your time freedom and the space that you have in your brain. The last thing I wanted to touch on today, if you have kids, if you're a mum, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be kids, by the way. If you have anything else going on in your life that you have made a big priority or needs to be a big priority, for example, if you have children, a family, if you have someone in your family with chronic illness, if you have chronic illness, if, if you are neurodivergent, if you are living living in a stressful situation, if, you know, any realm of possibilities, there, there's lots of examples. I'm going to go with kids because I have kids and that's probably an example that's closest to my heart and my perspective. If you have kids or anything else going on in your life that is a a big priority for you as well, you will physically have less time. (laughs) So I'm a big advocate for everybody has time and we all have enough time and no one is behind. But if you have kids, your windows of time to actually work on your business will be less than somebody who is say single, doesn't have any kids and does not have any other big situations going on in their life. And now that sounds really general because everybody has big situations in their life. Everyone has something going on. And I'm always really reluctant to talk about having kids as like this reason of like, well, we've got kids and we can't, you know, I wish we had as much time as all those people out there that just don't have children who have all the freedom because that's just not that's not the reality. And everybody has their own challenges. I know before I had kids, I still had my own challenges when it came to my time. So not having kids is not the holy grail of growing the perfect business. (laughs) But if you do have children, be gentle with yourself because you will have 
shorter windows of time to work with. In saying that, that is why it is so important to prioritize developing supportive systems for yourself and to really hone in on what is going to help you and your brain work most effectively and achieve as much as you can when it comes to getting where you want to go without sacrificing the time with your kids or without sacrificing your commitment to your other priorities. And yes, there is sometimes going to be going to be, there are going to be times where things will need to ebb and flow a little bit. And there might be a season in your business, say if you're doing a course launch or you're, you've got a new service coming out or a new product where perhaps you are working a little more and you need support from others in your life to kind of be there more for your kids than you can. But then there will be times where you are there for your kids more. And just because you are working more, it doesn't mean that you're not there for your kids. Anyway, this is not a parenting podcast. (laughs) I've diverged into parenting advice now, guys. If you do have kids or if you have other big priorities in your life, look at the time windows that you do have and think about how you can really make the most of those time windows. And It's not going to be by just by time blocking everything and, you know, saying you are going to be this perfect robot every single day. And the two hours that you have today is going to be the same as the two hours you have tomorrow, because it's just not how we work. We're humans. We're not robots. So it's about setting up those systems to support you and support your brain so that on those days where you're feeling like a powerhouse, yeah, you can nail everything in two hours. And the days that you're not feeling like a powerhouse, maybe you've had a massive argument with your toddler before drop off and you get home and you feel like you've been hit by a train. Those days, if you have those systems and those time freedom frameworks in place to support you to help make those decisions easier to help your brain move forward and to help you know exactly what to focus on, that is really going to be a huge advantage to you when it comes to working with those limited little time windows that you have. So they are my five key insights from one year in business. I hope you've enjoyed them. I hope this has made you feel a little less alone in your business journey and helped give you a little bit of an insight into what it is like after a year in business. Next week, I'm actually going to talk about, I'm going to talk a little bit more about the point that I just spoke about, which is prioritizing the things that mean a lot to us and why we often end up prioritizing things that mean a lot to us on paper, but then we end up doing the things that are completely different (laughs) to what we've said we're going to prioritize that make us feel good in the short term. Just doing all these other little things that keep you busy, but don't really get you to where you want to go. But then some of those things you need to do. So next week, I'm going to be talking about what is the difference between following our intuition? So we feel like we want to do this thing. We want to do, okay, I've gotten up and like, I think I should check my emails or I've woken up and, oh, I really don't feel like exercising. Is this my intuition or is this just me and my brain deciding to go for what we know? So next week's episode (laughs) very poorly summarized is going to be on what is the difference between following our intuition and knowing we're focusing on the right thing versus just going for what we know. And how do we know? 
that's next week's episode. So I hope after that glittering promotion, you guys will tune in next week. And if you did enjoy today's episode, please hit subscribe. And I'd also love it if you would leave me a review. It will really help get the podcast out there. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of Let's Talk About Time, the podcast. I've made it my mission to share everything I've learned about time with as many of you as I can. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you hit subscribe. And if you would be so kind as to leave me a review, it really does help the podcast in reaching more people and helping them reclaim more time. Otherwise, I'll see you next week with another episode helping you shake up your relationship with time.